When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Inside, Lester woke with a start. Something felt wrong. He didn't hear footsteps in the kitchen or the sizzle of bacon in a fry pan. Where was Mama in her red apron? Where were Uncle Herbert and Papa? From his window, Lester spied Papa on the beach, waving the oar with its apron flag. And he knew something terrible was happening on the lake. He wanted to see for himself. He wanted to be with them. I am honored to be joined by the award-winning local author, Barbara Josie, who has written over 50 children's books. She's here today to tell us about her new book. Let's get started. I'd like to ask, give us a little short summary, Barb, about uh, or a sneak peek into your new book, The Fisherman, the Horse, and the Sea. Well, I love talking about this story. You know, it's one of my favorites ever, ever. For one thing, it's true. It's a true story. And one thing I've learned, when you live next to the lake, the stories are big. They're big stories. They're less about dollars and cents, more about life and death, because the lake is a very, can be a very dangerous place. And like a lot of Ozaki County, this is a place that is filled with families who have had the same sort of jobs forever and ever. And I'm just going to read very first page of this book because it capsulizes the new little town where I live, Port Washington. It begins like this. Lester was the son of a son of a fisherman. He knew Lake Michigan could be soft as a kitten one day and terrible as a sea monster the next. So I have learned that one of the first things, and you'll recognize this, one of the first things people say when they introduce themselves is this. I've lived in Port Washington my whole life, and so has my mother and my grandmother before me. And you'll find that people are the son of a son of a something. Mm -hmm. So it's the son of a son of a banker, the son of a son of a newspaperman. And so that's part of what I wanted to portray on that first page. And the other is the mercurial nature of the lake. And I have lived in Ozaki County almost my whole life, many years in Cedarburg, grew up in Grafton. But it, when you live, I mean, you tend to look at the lake when you don't live next to it on the beautiful days. Mm-hmm. But man, True. the mm-hmm. storms come up fast and furious. And you think, besides the towering, crashing waves, what is the water filled with? So you're humbled, actually, by the whole experience of yeah. the largeness of the lake. Yeah, and it is it is more dangerous. It's said by many people, including the harbor master, it's more dangerous than an ocean because of the nature of the currents and how fast the storms come up. Mm-hmm. And when I said that the towering waves are filled with 
sand. It's sandblasting. So that means whatever is exposed to those waves, whether it's a human being, a boat, a pier, whatever it is, has tremendous force. I mean, it's breathtaking. You feel very small uh, beside the lake. So that's why there are such big stories when you're associated Mm -hmm. with a lake. And even though in Cedarburg we're only... 20 minutes from Port Washington, it feels very different because of the lake. The sky is different. The um, the temperature. The temperature is different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, even the flowers. I mean, you've got to, mm-hmm. I do some volunteer planting at Rotary Park, and I need to pick plants that can take big wind. Mm-hmm. So you actually have a lot of inspiration because you do live on the lake. Correct. Right in your window to it look is. out every day to see yes. a different mood that's happening out that's there. That's right, and how fast it could come on. Right. And, of course, we have the family, the Smith Brothers, who had the famous Smith Brothers restaurant, so that's I part of the that. book. I remember that. I got to eat there many times. <laughs> Not many, but at least a Half a dozen to a dozen yeah. over the 20 years that I was up here. I know. Yeah. So it was nice. Yeah. Fish on a plank, right? Isn't that what they do in port a lot is mm-hmm. fish on the plank? Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, so that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that also about uh, the people that live there. Mm-hmm. And I, I have found that also, too, that in towns like this around Ozaki County, there are generations that stay here. Yes. And that tells you something about the place. Correct. That people like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, having worked in the library here for almost eight years, I've had many families move back to the area. Yes. Because especially during COVID, there were several people coming from the uh, west side. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico, California, Colorado even, that said, well, I live there. My husband's from the area. We decided to raise our children in Ozaki County, so mm-hmm. they're coming back. So it is a very special place. It is, and and I think um, it's the loyal. I mean, one of the things I wanted to do in the book, first of all, the most important thing is to tell a riveting story, a big tale that's true it takes all the musty and dusty out of history to hear this story Mm -hmm. but i also wanted to subtly demonstrate how life was different then so i have a huge um discussion guide available for teachers for schools that allows kids to look at something like uh, questions are what sources of energy do you see in this book Mm -hmm. you know um the thought that you don't have a lighthouse because there was no electricity and you don't have a lamp and so when you hear cries outside in the dark you can't just look and see what it is you have to wait for the light i wanted to show i wanted to demonstrate children working not just playing mm-hmm. and they did back then they exactly. all had chores right mm-hmm. yep. there were no iphones in technology back then yeah so that would be very interesting we can pass that information along to the mm-hmm. local teachers here yeah, in, the um, discussion in, guide in it's a real good one oh. and because i was working with the historical society wisconsin historical society press they had um i wrote the Um, discussion guide but then they had their whole crew of educators go over it and add some things take out some things Mm -hmm. so it's really well suited for schools Mm, very nice well the book had some interesting um, topics that you'll find out when you come to the um, everybody comes to the talk on Mm -hmm. Sunday in the back with a lot of little details so that's a a real nice thing to have here so since it was a true story Barbara Mm -hmm. how did you happen upon this was it um, did the story find you or did you seek 
the story out or uh, I didn't seek it out. It? Uh, I, I had never heard of it. It was fascinating when I read it. It is, isn't it? it, it right. Is, well, it's, I intend to have my own copy. <laughs> <laughs> my illustrator and very, very, very good friend, Renee Grafe, her brother-in-law told her the story about Frank the horse. And I was charmed by a horse named Frank. So that was sort of interesting to me. And, of course, the only thing that was interesting, Frank, was not the name of the horse. <laughs> so, so, but it, it, um, it, it, actually it was the Frank horse, which in itself is interesting because we think of horses and dogs and animals as our pets. Mm-hmm. And in those days, they often didn't have a name because they were, they were work they were work animals. So it was known as the Frank Horse. She told me about the story, and I went to the Resource Center, historical, Port Washington Historical Society Resource Center, and dug into it and realized there wasn't enough about the horse to make a story about a horse. But I have a very, very stubborn brain that never takes no for an answer. <laughs> Only a challenge. <laughs> yes, so, it can be done, right? Right? It's like you say, no, we'll see about that. So maybe a year later, I woke up with an idea, and I thought instead of making it about a horse, I will have three protagonists, three main characters, the fishermen, the horse and the sea. And now that I had known Lake Michigan so intimately, it was exciting to sh- demonstrate the yeah. lake as a character. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yes. Great way to put it together. So um, how do you begin the process of that, like converting that idea then? So you had the idea and you thought, well, I'm going to make three protagonists out of it. How do you turn that into a picture book to you try to do an outline or do you say, well, gee, this is going to require three four drafts to get this all together or that kind of thing is it how do you bring that idea and those well first i assume hundreds of drafts hundreds (laughs) i mean i assume no i'm sure you do it a lot less than that (laughs) i do not no no i mean i uh, and so what well what happened in this case and everyone's a little bit different but this one i had the idea i had the title And I had that first page. I woke up with it. So my subconscious had been working on this all year. You had the mental outline already there. That beginning. That beginning. beginning. That's all. Then I had to research at um, the resource center to find out as much as I could about the characters. Then I did a lot of internet research. I found out things like, you know, I, I Googled swimming horse and i found out that a horse can't hold its breath and so it can't hold its breath when the waves are too high it can drown well that was a great piece of information and you only get that by sort of fishing for not knowing what you're looking for just right so i had and i don't let myself start until i have all of the research done um, Jackie Olson at the Resource Center put me in contact with Lloyd Smith, who is the grandson of DeLoss Smith, who is Papa in the story. Wow. The son of and Lester. And still in the area, of course. He was, but he died okay. in the last oh. year before the book came oh, out. Okay. But he was so helpful. He gave me access to his family's scrapbook and stories and he went on and on about them and I decided early on you don't corral Lloyd Smith you just let him talk (laughs) 
and, and he corrected everything that I had wrong. I wanted Mama to have a bigger role. He said, nope. She did what women did in those days. She cooked. She sewed. Okay. And um, Well, you wanted to uh, show it in an accurate way. I did. Yes. yes. Depicts it in how it really was. Mm-hmm. You know, it, even though it's writer's privilege, but you want it. in this particular thing because it was historic. You correct. wanted to show the correct bend correct. of the story. But then I was able in the back matter to show the evolution of how women's roles changed by describing um, the daughter and how she had done all these things. Evelyn Smith, amazing. So she turned gender roles on its ear, and that's a difference of a generation. Right. Right. Right, very thoroughly uh, mm-hmm. researched. So, um, so how does that collaboration work between the uh, author yourself and your illustrator? Do you write a little bit and then they uh, illustrate it? Do you go back and forth with the ideas? Uh, tell us a little bit about how that communication works and um, it's with Renee. It's completely different with Renee than anyone else because we are tight. We're good friends. We talk almost every day on the phone, even though she lives for the most part in LA, although she's coming to the yes. talk and signing. Yes. But um, we talk almost every day. And we, so in the beginning, I'll say, this is a big dramatic story. And she says, Oh, I see the illustrations of, um, now I've forgotten the name of the artist, but uh, I said, yes, yes, that's right. You know, big story, big illustration. So we start with just descriptions like that. And then when I begin to write, I'll say, okay, how many pages will this take? Because I don't want to give her so many words that it's crowded on the page. Mm-hmm. Um and she understands the pagination we begin with. So there's nothing I write and like nothing. Like typical 37 pages for a picture book. 32. Or 32, yeah, 32, rather, 32 But you know, pages, interesting. Right. This mm-hmm. is really interesting about children's books. When I began to write a million years ago, whatever, 40, 35 years ago, every book was 32 pages. Mm-hmm. And there were lots, there was lots of text per page. It changed about 15 years ago. There were very short sentences meant for younger kids over second grade, didn't look at picture books. Right. And they were, you know, there was no subtlety of language. There was no d- development of character. Everything was kind of snappy and clever, which didn't suit my writing style very well. Mm-hmm. But now when I look at Hornbook, which is the... Right, I, I use that every month. Mm-hmm. It's the place, right, to get place. reviews, right. Right? right? And I look at that and I count the average pages. And now it looks like it's all 40 pages as the average, not 32 pages. There are is more big storytelling. There, and, there, are, there is. And there's yep. also more stories that are longer again. Yes. Um, I've yes. seen that in the 25 years I've been in libraries and purchased books. Mm-hmm. We would have, um, I would have a section on just the, we would call them the older picture books. Right. Because they were like, a, you know, someone would pick them up and go, I can't sit and read this to my child. Yet it is beautifully illustrated. So mm-hmm. we would keep them in a separate section. Mm-hmm. So some of those will end up in a regular 
regular fiction section in a mm-hmm. library versus the picture book section. Mm-hmm. Or even if they're slightly like a biography, they'll go in the right. biography. I mm-hmm. moved them into there because those are the people in that science. really want to look at them in science. Mm-hmm. But there are, there is a trend in both directions. And there is. And I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. It fits my mm-hmm. style a lot yes, better. Yes, yes. But an interesting thing about books for the very, very young, that is pre one like little bitty kids Mm -hmm. toddlers yeah they will if you write in a lyrical manner you they prefer the longer books because that is conversational and that is what they're used to hearing before they're born Mm -hmm. when you do the quick one sentence per page books it's a clunker to their ears Mm -hmm. they're hardwired to learn language it's when they begin to walk and crawl that those short books are good because then their attention span is short. Right. But they'll pick up the longer books afterwards. Oh, yeah. I love doing rhyming books and story time. That's what mm-hmm. I look for. <clears throat> Rhythm and rhyme yep. and uh, a little bit more meat in there. Yep. They want to know what's going to happen in the book. Mm-hmm. It's just not, like you said, it's not a one-page thing. So. Right. Um, so how how long would this does this really take? So you've been researching this is this a couple of years it's usually three years from start to finish so the first year is research and writing but coordinating with renee a bit Mm -hmm. then the second year the first half of that i'm writing and revising and then i bring in renee and her six month period is very concentrated whereas i will do maybe six projects within a year she concentrates hers, devotes almost all her time for six months on a single book. Oh, okay. So it's a okay. bit different. And then the third year is largely um, up to the publisher. Okay, okay. So you've been working on this for a while. Yep. Now, do you see any uh, follow-up to any stories there in port uh, now that you've been there? Or um, uh, is there the something is, we can look yes. forward to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And and I don't think I have, I, I mean, the Historical Society Press would not do another Port Washington Lake book because they want to spread it around. They want to spread it around. Yeah. Right. But I, my next book that I'm doing with them is on Death's Door. Oh, so the okay. lake, it's still the lake. And the aspects of the lake, but it's... The Door County? Yes. I just came back from there last week. We just got Mm -hmm. back. Yep. That would be interesting. So you'll have a ship, maybe a ship something with a Well, this one is written in the voice of the passage. Okay. It starts out, I am wind, I am water, I am rock so sharp they can tear a boat apart. I can't help what I am. I am death's door. I love it already. And then follows six separate stories of um, greed and love and devotion. So all the reason people took the uh, chance to take that passage. Is Renee going to be the illustrator? Absolutely. Also? Now, do you have a hand in choosing the illustrator? Or do for you the for... Wisconsin Historical Society Press, yes. Okay. If they have a chance to work with Renee and I, they'll take it. Well, I love all the books you've done <laughs> with Renee. There's no argument. Anything she's done, I just, <laughs> I'm just amazed. I mean, all, all of her different series mm-hmm. that she's done, yep. just beautiful. They are. Um, is this a good time for picture books then? You think we talked about how um, they're getting different sizes, different pages, um, really getting into the age of the child and what they need versus mm-hmm. younger and older and read alouds. You know, read alouds are a whole different thing. <clears throat> Would you say that picture books are still 
popular in the publishing industry and are they mainly still in print i mean i know we have tumble books and things to read online and we all know this from last year and in covid how everything got online with it um but do you still see a print i i personally do as a children's we librarian. have almost been untouched by technology yeah. i mean there are recordings yay there are little trailers yay but most of the reading is done to a child and then when a child is i mean that's their transition to learn to read mm-hmm. is by being read to as you know and the publishing industry has not really changed in that way the only pieces that have changed recently are just fabulous and allowing us longer books and you know there what i like to do is have text you know some some pages that have heavy text and an illustration but then have some spreads with all illustration and no words because a child falls into those pages Mm -hmm. i worry when we get to slightly older children in their reading that they will develop the habit we have of only seeing the words so i like to give them pages if it's for older readers Mm -hmm. where it's just illustration so they turn off the reading switch for a moment and observe Mm -hmm. that's interesting too the other uh, genre that they're reading a lot of are graphic novels speaking of illustrations if that's your thing yes (laughs) we used to call them comics (laughs) right um and that's also got the illustration in there and it's Mm -hmm. our collection here is probably at least tripled since mm-hmm. I've been ordering here with people donating Absolutely. money towards a big hot novel. Thing. So it's a big hot thing now. Mm-hmm. So um, do you see yourself getting into any graphic novels at all? I mean, it a, would be a completely different way to illustrate, and the illustrators are different. Um, not a pure graphic novel, but Death Store will have elements of the graphic okay. novel. Okay. So we will have panels of story without okay. words okay and then we'll have pages of illustration okay. also so it'll be a combination oh nice nice so you'll be back on sunday mm-hmm. one o'clock at the library cedarburg public library at the community room to share an immersive program about the book can you tell us a little bit about uh what we can expect from that presentation well um you can hear and see pictures some of the some of them are old photographs i'll show the process of creating a book and then i'll read the book and i'm just wondering if i could read a few pages now would that be possible oh it would be totally okay. possible it would well, be let's totally p- possible please um because we've talked all about and i'll the- pretend that i'm in your reader's hug okay all right in the reader's <laughs> hug okay well what's happened to this point in the story before i start is that um the, the horse, the Frank horse, has been introduced as a workhorse for the Smith brothers who are fishermen. And there's been a terrible, terrible storm that night. And until the light of day, they couldn't go outside. They thought they heard crying outside, calling. And so when they come out, the brothers and the wife, um, they see that there's a schooner that has a broken mast and torn sails and that two fishermen or two um, crewmen are trying to get in the water in a little boat and they know they can't make it because these the Smith brothers are very knowledgeable. So they are not sure what to do and they try to go out to reach the fishermen or the seamen and they cannot. Their boat is beaten past. Okay. A small group of fishermen gathered on the beach knowing one of their own was in trouble. But what could they do to help? 
Was anyone big and strong and brave enough to plow through the waves? Papa had an idea, and everyone agreed. The Frank horse. Papa was a big man, too big. He knew he would weigh down the horse, so he helped Mr. Gunther, a smaller man, onto the horse's bare, broad back. Everyone knew the Frank horse loved the sea, but a horse can't hold its breath. If a big wave washed over the horse's head, he might drown, and these waves were as big as mountains. Would the horse dare to go into the water? But, like the fisherman he served, this horse was huge in body and in heart. When he spied the shipwrecked men, he plunged into the lake. Head high, he snorted at the breakers as if they were nothing. He swam onward with his eyes on the men who needed his help. From the beach, Lester watched one of the crewmen slip into the icy water and knew he was gone. Lester reached for Mama's hand for comfort. The horse was swimming faster now, racing for the man still clinging to the boat. At last, the Frank horse was there. The shivering man reached toward him, but he didn't have the strength to climb onto the horse's slippery back. Mm, more, more. <laughs> we want to hear more. <laughs> Are you going to have books available then Sunday also, yes, Barbara, for people? Yes, and we okay. can personalize them for people, for their oh, children and grandchildren and nieces and... Yeah. Well, this sounds like an exciting presentation, everybody. So join myself, Barbara, and the illustrator, Renee Gaff. Grafe. Grafe. Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday, this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock at Cedarburg Public Library. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us, Barbara. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Uh, it sounds good. Cedarburg Public Library Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.